Hey, Lily, you know what's a fun industry to work in? Finance. Randy, are you feeling okay? I mean, it's interesting and necessary and it's definitely lucrative, but fun? Oh, come on. What's not to love? You know, the regulation and the institutional inertia, they're just a barrel of laughs, which is why our guest today sounds like she's having such a great time. Okay, I think you missed something. It's true that Deepika Adesimili was in finance and for a long time, but she's now SVP of product at King Games, which is probably a bit more fun. Um, (laughs) Though I do admit she does make the challenges she faced while in that finance world sound pretty interesting. I wish I'd heard this conversation back when I worked in the sector. You know, she's got a refreshing attitude and tons of great advice. So Let's just cut the jibber-jabber and get right into it. The Product Experience is brought to you by Mind the Product. Every week, we talk to the best product people from around the globe about how we can improve our practice and build products that people love. Visit mindtheproduct.com to catch up on past episodes and to discover an extensive library of great content and videos. Browse for free or become a Mind the Product member to unlock premium articles, unseen videos, AMAs, roundtables, discounts to our conferences around the world, training opportunities, and more. Mind the Product also offers free product tank meetups in more than 200 cities, and there's probably one near you. Hi, Deepika. It's so lovely to be talking to you on the podcast today. Um, Before we get stuck into our topic, which is mainly about finance, but we're going to have a quick chat about games as well, which will be interesting. Um, It would be fab if you could give us a quick intro into who you are, your background and how you got into product and also kind of what you're up to today. First of all, thank you so much, Lily, for having me in and, you know, giving me the opportunity to talk about my background and what I think about product and stuff. So, you know, I got into product quite early on into my career in different forms. It was not called product back then. You know, there's um, traces of gating, program management, things where you made decisions about, you know, how, what is the kind of investment you make on technology investments you make to get the business moving forward sort of thing. So um, that is how I initially started into product. And then I started getting into uh, very early stages of how do we do product? And um, how do we start very early stages, you know, where product was, you know, more technical than it is today. And then how do you then understand the beauty of doing product decisions, making product decisions and all of that? So that's how I got into product. I've seen different kinds of product, different ways of doing product, waterfall, agile, scrub, all sorts of things. And how do you make decision making data led, opinion led? All of that got into this. Um, so today I am the vice president of King, um, head of product for the platform uh, that supports all the game studios and all of the uh, technology share tech that we supply to these game studios to go fly and do what they need to be able to do. I've had a lot of experience, as you said, within finance industry. Um, I've worked for several banks, insurance, regulated markets and stuff. Uh, That is in UK when I moved here 10 years ago. Before that, I did my 
master's in engineering. Then I worked for Nokia in the US. So there's and General Electric. So there's a lot of different types of uh, industries that I've worked with. But last 10 years have been in highly regulated finance and insurance markets. And then now into gaming. I know it's amazing. And it's such a kind of broad spread that you've had. And but one of the topics we wanted to cover today was working in that highly regulated market and working in fintech. And like you say, you've worked in a few different organizations tackling some of those challenges. And I'm sure you've kind of found ways to overcome some of the uh, additional work that you have to do in order to work in a regulated market. But before we kind of go into those, what are those those challenges? What are the kind of the big differences of working in a fintech space? Um, so, I mean, before I joined financial tech, I worked for a startup, which was, you know, just to compare things against how you work with banks, large organizations and regulated organizations and stuff. So then you could have an idea, you could run with it, you could test it with the customers, you could see what, you know, how much you want to play with, where do you want to go? And it does seem a lot more easier, right? Mm. You can run with an idea, you can see, you can test it, you can see if the customer likes it. Then when you come into financial tech, there's a lot of responsibility. It is a lot of people's money. It is a lot of the future. It is a lot of the things that affect their life as opposed to any um, consumer-led product that you want to put out there in the market. So there is a lot of responsibility. And mm-hmm. the responsibility, unfortunately, has been defined ages ago. So <laughs> there is, you know, it needs to be there. It's highly regulated. It needs to be there. It is essential to protect the customer or people using certain products, even B2B or B2C space. However, some of these regulations had come into play a lot of time ago. There's been all these digital transformations and everything happening, but maybe the rules hadn't been changing at the same pace. The regulations hadn't taken into effect a lot of that. Um, Earlier, that was the case when I got into fintech and it was, I would say, quite frustrating to understand how much you can stretch the breadth of your product, how much you could use data towards, what you could use data towards making decisioning and how much um, contactability you had with the customer. And, you know, that also refrained from the customers having the experiences they could, you know, given what, you know, your financial institution or your, you know, your insurance company could do for you. So that learning was quite stark like you know you need to be able to see what can i actually serve back to the customer with what we had i'm curious you you talked about uh the the move into banking from from another space from a startup how did you learn to overcome the barriers or or the the knowledge gap around all the regulation and how specific it is and and further to that when you were hiring people did you look for people who had come in from who had previous banking experience or were you open to to people who also needed to to make that leap so when you talk about hiring randy i'm going to start there right so when i came from um i moved from san diego california to london you know i when i moved to london the most of the product roles were around financial tech or insure tech or whatever right so then i was looking for roles i moved out here I was looking for all sides, looking to where to work and all of that stuff. There were hardly anyone hiring someone like me. They wanted to have people back in, we're talking about 2011, 2012-ish. 
they would want they wanted to have people who had banking experience who had already looked at the regulated space who had experience understanding the financial you know controls that you had what you could do what you couldn't do so i could not even break into the market so i went the other route i said i'm going to work for startups i'm going to do other things then um it came organically i worked with someone who worked with me and you know later worked at the bank they recommended me so i got in um so i do not think that is necessary you know if um i do not you know with the value propositions that you want to serve for product need to be product led need to be data led and all of that the additional things about an industry that we need to be able to learn need to be taught with intent learned with intent and as you learn about your customer you learn about what you could serve up to the customer as well yes although it is frustrating right when you when you go into something that you could actually serve um you know you could actually use what you have you know your real estate you know of product to be able to serve something up to the customer but then you come back into financial services where you could do very few things because it could lead to risk mm-hmm. so now that was um, how did i go about it you know it was in, i would not um, i'd be lying if i say it wasn't incredibly frustrating uh, as i said the most uh, the biggest thing that really hurt us is hurt me and the kind of products and we were building was how we could use the data how much we could use the data for and what kind of use cases we could generate by using certain data and all of that so that was incredibly frustrating and how did i go about it it was um it was a steep learning curve you know you know banks we have to do things at a certain pace you have to get things out there but it was steep learning curve but again um once you start understanding why do they value the data so much what kinds of restrictions you have and how do you build products around it it is valuable but then we started understanding how can we take risk on our side so we started going back to finance we built products where we went back and said within you know a few organizations we've gone back to financial conduct authority fca and we've said how can we change it how can we let own more risk how can we change the pattern of that you know there's innovation departments out there right now within those um, fca or other things you have um, or the bank of england so you have loads of things that you can actually have a conversation about mm-hmm. so we started building those products serving little bit more of use cases to the customer so it it was a lot of learning curve it was a steep learning curve but once you understand why they do it the conversation gets easier mm. and i suppose like you say it's having those connections you know out like presumably within the bank itself or the the institution itself in regulatory uh, with the regulatory teams and then also any other bodies that might be able to help support you like the FCA but do you think that that's you you kind of talked a lot about like in your early career in that initial time that you spent in finance do you think that's changed a lot now because we have seen like you say a lot of transformation in finance businesses and uh the understanding that they need to innovate and they need to um be much more customer focused so do you think it's very different now to how it was 10 years ago and do you think there are now different challenges with that market absolutely i think the disruptors came in yeah <laughs> came in quite heavy and hard you had a huge ship sitting there which said it owned the oceans right then all these other you know yachts that came around and said we are taking you know smaller 
a use case is on. We're going to use yeah. it differently. We're going to disrupt it. We're going to take it to this con board. And there's two different things that um, I always saw uh, with large financial institutions. They were not tech-based companies. They built products and built tech around it. They built financial products and they used pieces of technology to organize delivery for the customer. So when they wanted to scale, when they wanted to serve anything that the disruptors were able to do much faster, they weren't able to because the disruptors built technology and you know they built technical products to solve customer problems. So there was a very big difference in how uh, you know the technology was built, how the products were built, how they could deliver use cases back to the customers. So that's when the transformation started. They all said, oh, maybe if we become a tech-led org and we start products, we serve products back to the customer in a certain way, we can transform to, we can scale to, we can serve up these experiences back to the customers. So that's when the, um, the whole transformation started with the disruption and everything going on, the cloud way of banking coming into space and all of that. But it has been a very slow risk covers approaches that had been still going on. You know, yes. How do you marry risk adverse with, you know, you've worked in, in innovation in some of these organizations. So how do you uh, marry risk averse with experimentation and, and iterative and agile? Or can you? Um, so if you space that into a financial organization, right, um, they are very slow to change. Some of this is feudally how this organizations have been built. If you take at the regulatory, um, legal, compliance organizations into these large financial um, banks or insurance agencies, they're very feudal. They have interpreted certain, um, they, they interpret the laws that the FCA comes up with. They look at all of those things and they build laws to protect the organization against anything called risk. They lay, you know, the steps, they lay 10 steps out. Because, because they want to be able to protect the org. They want to be able to say that, you know, we have seen certain things happen. So we want to be able to build these 10 steps. Well, the disruptors on the other side have built three steps. They want to be able to be innovative, right? So the conversation to how to be risk covers starts with those teams, started with those teams with for me, you know, to build products or to take, you know, could we be more cloud-led? Can we take this amount of data out there? Can we do more machine learning-led activities on these use cases? Can we not have people monitor certain use cases? Can we have automated data cases to be built in these situations? Even simple things like that had to be approved by risk-averse organizations within the company, which means that, um, you know, you can be as risk covers, but I think companies to going back to answering your question within innovation teams, you can have many things running Randy for them to be able to go back to actual customer to, for those real use cases to be picked up. It takes ages. It takes a lot of conversations. It takes a lot of agreeing to, and it, sometimes it got so diluted of where it started and what the customer got, it got lost in transition quite a lot.
If 2022 is the year you're looking to advance your career, expand your network, get inspired, and bring the best products to market, then join Mind the Product for their next conference this May. At MTPCon San Francisco plus Americas, you'll soak up invaluable insights from an epic lineup of the best in product, covering a range of topics that will challenge and inspire you to step up as a product manager. You've got the option to go fully digital for both days or get the best of both worlds with a hybrid ticket. Digital on day one and in person at the SF Jazz in San Francisco on day two. I was at the most recent edition of this event in London last year, and it was just awesome. Get tickets now at mindtheproduct.com. So it sounds like with working in products or in innovation and finance, um, it's a, a huge struggle. I'm curious to know, like, is that just kind of the norm? Like, do you just build up a, a way of working, which is just all about kind of communicating through all of these different channels in order to get things done and accepting the additional timelines or um, or did you find ways to circumvent any of the, the processes in order to speed up your process? All of those are the right answers, Lily, to be honest. There's so many different things that need to be done when you want to be able to build certain experiences back to the customer. And there's not one way to do it, right? So initially, when I started within the financial organization, I was called a bull in a china shop. Because I'd question everything. <laughs> I would want everything to go a certain way. I was like, why is this not happening? How come this is not happening? This needs to be out there. You have the data for it. Why are we not putting all this uh, data into a certain cloud platform? Why are we not testing it? Why are we not putting out there? So I was that. You know, there was incredible amount of frustration on my path, right? But then you understand, you grow, you get there. Some of them, you know, some of the men, some of the ways to, you know, get products out there is to be able to understand. What can I do within the certain set of rules that I have? How quickly do I want to get it out there, right? So what are the things that I could do to be able to serve up this? And then if I, um, then you could also have things, if I serve this information, maybe I can prove that the customer needs more, you know? Maybe then I can go back to the compliance teams internally and have this mm. conversations and say, maybe we can do a little bit more, you know, and what are the discover, you know, what are the things that we can build in the product to start proving, start AB testing to start showing that we can take this risk and it will give you ROI, you know, customers would be happy, whatever that outcome could be revenue, you know, NPS, whatever that version, you know, so we need to be able to have this conversation. The second thing is, as you said, this disruption that can happen, right? To have, you know, to be able to go back and say, I want to be able to build a product that actually changes how things are working right now. I want to be able to build a product that changes the norm of how these things work. Then that's a much bigger conversation. That is a POC that is changing everything in the back end, that is going back to the regulatory boards, that is convincing the regulatory boards that things can be done differently, that is sitting for months and weeks and, you know, certain writing theses for them, presenting to them, all of that. So um, fortunately, I've had all of those experiences to be able to say small disruptions, small changes, proving, building, A-B testing, you know, layering one Lego piece on top of the other to build the whole set. Also saying that we have to build something completely different. So where do we start? What do we build? Let's disrupt it completely, which meant 
again, a lot of work. But um, the conversation definitely got much easier because other if you if you look at various forms of financial organizations we have right now, there's so many kinds out there. You know, there are disruptors like Klarna just, just go and, you know, ticket to the, uh, look at your little credit rating and then give you, you know, let you take take on, they take on a lot of risk of where you go. They have Monzo's and all of these things you have interpreted regulatory, but they have got their licenses. They've worked very differently with the customer and there are bigger banks which are still getting there about providing basic sort of customer experiences out there. So you choose your battles wisely. You understand where you're going on. You, When you start developing a product, you absolutely understand how much you can push the needle and mm. where you want to push the needle for. I think that's a really, um, a really good point and one that's been made a couple of times, actually, not in the context of finance, but just in the context of when you start a new role in a big organization in order to gain trust within that organization, like tackling some of the smaller challenges first and, and proving that you you know what you're doing and also that you can deliver value um and then you can kind of take on those bigger and and bigger challenges uh is like a really good point so when it comes to experimenting because experimenting is like one of the cornerstones i suppose of a good product management process how did that work when you were working in financial services? Were you able to A-B test things? Were you, were you actually able to run experiments? Absolutely, like a lot, you know. Fortunately, I have, as you can see at my adventures, I don't have a career. I keep saying this to people. I have loads of adventures. And in those adventures that um, I have been able to develop brand new products, invested products, products that needed realignment, you know, that those are the tougher ones for me than actually taking an idea and flying with it and proving something, you know, always building something that's broken, you know, building up a new idea. People are looking for conversations. People are looking to experiment. People are looking to have voice come in to say, be able to say, what do we build? How do we build it? You know, so I've got a varied um, product range that I've worked with and nothing could have been built without experimentation, understanding what could I do, you know, what are the sets of products that we could deliver. Um, if you're delivering to certain user base, what do we do for them versus other user bases? So many conversations within the products. But coming back to how do we do that, you know, starting with like if, if you're realigning a process, right? If you're realigning a particular product and it's already running quite well, then the needle of experimentation needs to be what is the delta? What can you fix, right? So then the conversation of the A-B test you want to be able to run or the changes you want to make, be able to make need a lot more of data to come in as well because you want to be able to show if you make this, you'll get that. You're not breaking anything and all of those things. When you're building a new idea, it is the absolute most amazing thing to do. <laughs> experimenting you know you draw up um, a hypothesis you draw up you know this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it will it work sort of thing and then you start talking to your users you start getting feedback there's so many brilliant ways to get feedback you know we used to do uh, for building a new product you could do uh, by the masses you can do ask questions out you get 10,000 responses sometimes if you put it in the right modem, if you get, uh, you know, you could do 
um, you know, a closed group search, you know, user feedback sessions. You can do qualitative user feedback sessions. You can take those ideas back and implement A, B versus and build those products. There's so many ways to do it. Can we, can we, I want to ask you about the, the qualitative feedback and, and talking to customers, because in finance, you know, highly regulated can be really challenging. And then on top of that, just talking to people about money can be really sensitive as well. And, the, you know, there's one trick I learned when I was in the space, which was it can be difficult to talk to your customers, but it doesn't mean you can't talk to somebody else's customers. Exactly. Um, but I'm curious, what else, any other tips or tricks about uh, for people in the space? So many times, Randy, we didn't even tell them who we were. You know, so many times when you start building, you want to launch something, right? You always try to get, um, you know, you say you start talking about a fictional company, which would want to launch a particular financial product out there. And back to your point, Randy, when you have a highly regulated thing, it is which kind of banking system you're working for. If it's a highly reputable bank, you do not want to talk about it quite early on. You do not want to put a face to say, this is what we are trying to test. And if it's quite sensitive, then you want to be able to understand what would, would customers accept it. So there are so many products that we have tested without a name, without uh, uh, telling people that they could be you know, anonymously going out there and getting a feedback for that particular financial product. And see how we could put that, um, get that information back and put it back into what we want to be able to build. Um, however, working innovation teams, as you can see, you can be a lot more bolder when you call yourself an innovation team and you can get out there. You can like um, test a lot more things from a POC perspective or, you know, ideation perspective, concepting perspective. Then you can, you know, you do not have to quite quickly put that into a product. You could say, we're just testing. We want to be able to see how far we could go. And then you can get all the data back. And then you can see how much can we iterate it for. And again, then you go back to the approach of how much do I want to do in the first step to prove back to the regulators, the products, you know, the financial product people, as well as the customers that they could, there's adoptability towards it. And how, as in your role in innovation, how did you then work with the product teams? Did you qualify something and then hand it over to them? Or if it was a new thing, did you kind of deliver it from from concept to through to completion? I think there's several ways of innovation, um, ways that people do. They go into the market, they find something new and they get it back and see if there's acceptance within the company. But when I was in the innovation teams, you know, we were in a point that we were actually solving problems that existed within the banks, right? So we would pick uh, the key problems that the banks, like the product teams, in, within products, you would have mortgages, cards, you know, direct, the different set of products that you would have. And then you'd pick those up and you say, what are the top problems that you'd want to fix? Then you take those in and then you would start working with the product people in those organizations to say, what do you want to solve for? What do you have? currently with your data what um, you know what does the experience look like you know ux experience look like what other technology stacks do you need to make these decisions and things like that then you take those um, then we took those problem sets we went back to the market and said who is doing this better what can we adopt towards how can we solve for this then you get into a test base um, with them to say you know which companies can come into this and what how can we test it out so there's a bit of that 
but if there was a brilliant idea out there that could actually help something you bring that in like you know when i was doing this it was the wearables thing right how can wearables help finance how can wearables help customers keep track of where they're spending sort of thing there's a new tech out there then you bring it back and say how do we adopt it back into a bank mm. there's a few ways to do it but we did both ways okay and then um you are now doing a very different role at king or not a very different role but a very different um sector that you're working in um so you're in gaming which <laughs> i can imagine must be very different um so tell us a bit about this new role and what's been the biggest surprise from making the move and also like what inspired you to to make that move into gaming so as i um so i have i had by then by the time king contacted me been in the financial sector insurance sector for a while and i also built platforms by this time either insurance platform or crypto platforms and trading platforms and stuff so while we built while i built b2b to c there was a lot of b2b element happening as well then i started to realize quite a lot about how um you can actually give a lot of power to platforms by actually building it on, on the basis of value proposition sometimes it is so hard to explain technology and platforms as a product you know b2c product is quite easy to be able to say customer adoptability how do you go through it but you know the back end experience the platforms that actually fire these experience in the front end if they do not have value propositional led building if they do not have product led understanding of what you build first what you build next and what are the key experiences that you want to be able to unlock then how do you fire up the other stuff so i found i started finding that quite interesting you know about 2 3 years ago and then when king came around and they said we have this beautiful platform it serves <laughs> and fires up all the game studios that we have so what do you think about that so and all the data experiences you can serve up all the understanding so that was quite quite intriguing very interesting for me and um i've been in several industries as you've already seen <laughs> um so the industry barrier for me was not that high i did not you know i love learning i'm always constantly learning and to go back to learn a new industry a new market a new audience a new way of building product a new data set was extremely interesting and intriguing for me and that i think that keeps me move going um so that's where i came into king what do i f- uh, find um most what did i find right there was data there's tons and tons of data sitting in there there's so much technology to build um the magnitude of things that you could build is huge the users are huge 250 million users i mean you know to be able to serve them up to be able to hold those systems to hold the their attention to be able to serve experiences to hold their attention for 10 years at a time so that sort of thing is quite inspiring and um i was just telling randy before you joined lily so i work in the platform team i'm head of product for platform i think that is quite innovative to have product led data led platform build mm-hmm. to be able to what strategy do we build into technology core technology that we can fire up and help um our end customers and our customers then become b2b within the company 
all of our studios that we help. So that's been um, quite empowering. There's so much to do. It's an ocean of technology. There's so many beautiful things out there. You know, I was going to ask you about moving from a highly regulated space to a less regulated space, but then I started thinking, wait, you actually still have to deal with payments and now you have to deal with safety and kids and things like that. So what has it been like to to move? I mean, banking, you've got a, a huge responsibility to your customers, but you're not hopefully dealing with minors and things like that. It's It's got to be different, but really interesting, I'm guessing. It's still... Um, how do I say this? It is not regulated, but it has to be very responsible, mm-hmm. you know? So we, um, yes, we do have to deal with payments. Again, that's quite highly regulated. You have to keep a close eye on that. We partner with Facebook and the kind, you know, and Apple pays and everything. Again, those systems are quite highly regulated. There are all so many laws with it. And the scope of what we could do is quite small in that space still. There's still loss on how much we could actually do with what we could sell and all of those things, right? So there is so much of regulation already. And I think it is regulation by choice as well. What are the experiences we want to be able to sell? What are the kinds of ads we want to put forward? What are the kinds of marketing things we want to be able to do? How do we, um, how are we responsible for our customers, you know? I think studios put a lot of that on themselves. They want to be very responsible in all of the kind of games we build. And coming back to that, um, the platform itself, it it is regulated. It is to a certain extent regulated, where we have to do a certain amount of things to be able to play in that field, um, all of that. But again, it is not like I've got a free field, even in the gaming industry, right? There is so much that responsibility that we have to take on. And so much of responsibility um, that we take on as a company ourselves. So there is um, outside regulation and there's in, in, um, regulation that we put on ourselves to serve. So we're responsible and stuff. Deepika, it's been fantastic to talk to you. I think we're about to hit the witching hour in terms of yeah. uh, recording time. But I wanted to ask one last question, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, just in general, do you have any top tips for people that you work with? You know, what's one thing that you see that most product people could just really stand to learn? I think um, what really turned the lights on for me when data came into play, it has made my product decisioning. It has made my product, um, you know, journey quite easy. So I would suggest, I would strongly, strongly, strongly recommend to all the product people to start understanding the data that they you know what where are they going use the data to follow path use the data to make certain decisions and there's always data in one form of the or the other so that has really really helped me in my career in my journey and any of the products i've built deepika thank you so much for joining us it's been great chatting to you today and um, it was so great talking to you, Randy and Lily. Thank you, for <laughs> Thank you for giving me the time to speak today. The product experience is the first and the best podcast from Mind the Product. Our hosts are me, Lily Smith, and me, Randy Silver. Lou Ron Pratt is our producer and Luke Smith is our editor.
Our theme music is from Hamburg-based band POW. That's P-A-U. Thanks to Arnie Kittler, who curates both Product Tank and MTP Engage in Hamburg, and who also plays bass in the band for letting us use their music. You can connect with your local product community via Product Tank, regular free meetups in over 200 cities worldwide. If there's not one near you, maybe you should think about starting one. To find out more, go to mindtheproduct.com forward slash product tank. <laughs>